podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 106 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sport Social, the UK's only dedicated sport podcast network, and also our retail partner, Fanatics. I don't even know where to start, to be, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> no one probably saw what, what happened yesterday coming, as much as obviously we lost against West Ham, and we were pretty, pretty toothless. No one really saw us getting beat at home to, to Wofford, and especially in the manner that we did yesterday, being ahead twice, 12 minutes to go, thinking we're on for three points, and then all of a sudden the circus comes into town and we and we ship four goals in, in about 12 or 13 minutes and, and lose 5-2 against a, a pretty average Wofford side with a, a striker up front to who we let go ourselves in the summer. It was written in the stars, some might say. We all said it on Twitter. Once he was declared fit that Josh King would do a bit of damage, and he did. But, Pete, where do we even start with that? Um, and I'm going to bring in our guest shortly, Matty, but I want Matty just to take a couple of minutes just to calm himself down before he, he jumps in and lays into, <laughs> into anyone. But, Pete, how on earth do we even start to, to unravel and uh, discuss that game? Well, I, I, exactly. It, it feels like there needs to be a, an inquest. And I, I think probably the most worrying thing for me is how many things that went wrong you can put on the list. Um, it, it's really quite damning and worrying, really. And I, I'm, I know we'll come on to it, but we've, we have to bounce back in our next game. You know, two defeats on the bounce and two bad defeats. And, and what happened yesterday was just unforgivable for me at Goodison Park. Um, I mean, num- number one for me is set pieces. You know, two goals yesterday conceded in set, uh, 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 set pieces ter- terribly. You know, three in two games. Um, I-, I cannot work out for the life of me whether we've got a zonal system, whether it's man-to-man, some kind of hybrid, but whatever it is, it's terrible and it's not working. I've just watched the goals back then. You know, it's almost like our players are sort of in a in a line. Nobody's picking anyone up. We've got no one on the posts. Doesn't seem to be any system. Free header for 2-2. Free header off a corner. If that's Sunday League, you're going berserk. <laughs> if that's Sunday League, heads are rolling. This is Premier League football. You know, Everton Football Club at home. And I, 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 how many times have we said you, you just can't accept like a... A toothless performance, you know, weakness, limpness. It it felt like, you know, after the United game, we were coming away saying, you know, that that's a good point. But look, we're we're almost we're tough again. You know, we're organised. We've got a system. We're doing the basics well again. We've got a platform to build. And then that yesterday was, you know, it, it was a car crash. I mean, for for me, they they need a week of set pieces before anything else. Um. You know, so that would be number one on on my list. I I feel a bit for Ben Godfrey because I thought again he he struggled a, a lot in the game. Uh, I, th- I felt he struggled a lot with his positioning. He looks to me like he's getting quite frustrated with his performances, and 
it's the third goal where Josh King could have a cup of tea before he chooses which side of the, the net he wants to slot it in. You know why he's gone bombarding up the up the pitch to out of position to try and win a ball that should be won by a midfielder. I, I don't I don't know what's gone through his head. You know whether he's the adrenaline's got to him or the frustration's got to him after after we've gone to two two. But after that, like you say, Mike, it, it just became a circus. It just became bizarre and there was a real lack of leadership. No one was, you know, was stepping up. Um, maybe I'm being harsh on the, on the manager, but I felt like he, he got a couple of calls wrong um, yesterday. And, you know, what I want to make clear to anyone listening is I, I've been a big fan of Rafa. There's been many times this season where I've said credit where credit's due. He's, you know, he's made some really tactically... Um, you know, clever calls and he's got us organised. But I just felt yesterday in midfield, we looked like we were getting bullied again. Like you say, Mike, by, you know, quite an average side. We got bullied against West Ham and no Decore was out. But the moment we went 2-1 up, you know, Rondon struggled again. He'd done nothing all game. May as well have had a traffic cone up there for me. He, he, he won nothing, made nothing stick. I don't, don't think he had one shot. He was nowhere near the goal, nowhere near the play. You know, he, he looks four or five yards off everyone else. The, the moment we go 2-1 up, we should have stuck another man in that midfield, slow the game down, have it out for throw-ins, make it bitty, stop it being a football match. Because, you know, at the time we went 2-1 up, I was quite enjoying the game. I was thinking, this is a Premier League match. It got quite tasty. You know, it was fast. There were mistakes. It was quite end-to-end. I thought, if we win this, I'm going to quite enjoy coming here today. <laughs> If we're on the right side of this result, I, I thought it'd been you know a good game, lively game, um, but yeah, I mean that that cannot happen again. Um, you know, I don't mean to be too hysterical about it. I know we we try and be temperate on the podcast, but he's not going to get another one of them, Rafa. You know that that can't happen again. All, all, the, good, all the good. Sorry, Mike. Go on. <clears throat> so I just said I said said to you, Mike, it's night last night about you. You, you can't defend the indefensible. So as much as obviously we are, we try to be as a source of, not, not as reactionary as maybe others, or as maybe as we would be if we recorded immediately post-match because obviously you have a little bit of time to, to digest and look at things again and, and see what, what, what went wrong. But you can't defend it, can you, Matty? There's only so many times when obviously we're, we're making elementary and basic mistakes that you can say, okay, that kind of thing's hap- that kind of thing happens. But Every single one of those goals yesterday, those five goals. Remember that five goals alone to Watford? Incredible. I can't believe it. Um, it was a mistake, wasn't it? It was a mistake for every single goal. So you can't sit there and say, oh, yeah, these these kind of things happen. There's an issue there, isn't there? Whether it be the set-piece issue that Pete just brought up, you know, it's it's difficult to see what we're, what we're doing there. We've gone from one of the best defending set-pieces last season to arguably the worst in the Premier League. That, that's what we've done. So for me, why isn't the manager sort of looking at, okay, what, what did work under the previous regime? And whether you like it or not, you know, you, you try and work to the strengths of your players. So what we were doing last season, obviously we had David Ancelotti, very, very good as a set-piece coach. Take the things that were working and stick with them. And then obviously improve in other areas that weren't working particularly well. And that, that for me is on the manager. I think you've got, to, you've got to sometimes swallow a little bit of pride and go, well, okay. The team and the side know this this side of things. Obviously, Big Dunk was there last season. He could quite easily pass on that information as to what they were doing. It's all there with Finch Farm. And then, obviously, as I say, work on, on other, other facets of the game that, 
you know, we, we haven't been particularly good at, but you can't defend it, can you, Matty? You, you know, you were there yesterday, I was there, people was there, you know, we're all, we're all sitting there. And at times, it was like watching from, from minute one, not just from seven to eight minutes, from minute one, it was like watching defending on a schoolyard, wasn't it? It was, mate. Um, I think, like you said, it, it was a worry for me all game. Um, and I know, obviously, the rest of the lads have said it. Even sort of, you know, we, we started well. Um, we knocked it down well. I, I thought Anthony Gordon was lively all game, to be honest. I think he was probably our best attacking player. Um, and I found it absolutely baffling that he was the one taken off. But obviously, we all we all knew Richie had to come on. Um, I mean, who knows how, how fit he is. Um, for me, if he's fit enough at the bench, he's fit to start. But, you know, that, that's another question, I suppose. But, um, yeah, in, in terms of all of the goals, you know, the, the first one, even though, you know, it went to VR where I sit, to me, you know, King looked a mile on. Um, I know it was it, it was pretty tight in the end, but he, he looked up, you know, he looked on side. We we lose, obviously, the, the header on the near post comes over King's, King's free, isn't he? You know, 1-1. One, one. And then, um, obviously, as Pete said before, totally free header. For the second one, um, which you, know, you defend at a corner, it, it's absolutely unforgivable. And then it just went again. It just went from bad to worse. You know, all our players seem to be sucked over onto our left hand side for the third. Two passes from our kickoff, two or three passes, whatever it was. Kings clean through, um, and then you know the, the the fourth and fifth ones. It's like our players, our players were on like Sicily or dancing on ice. They just you know they just got sent for a hot dog, didn't they? Um, for the fourth and fifth ones, which. I just, I just can't, can't work it out. I've got to be honest. You know, I, I've been there like we all have for some shockers. I remember the first season. I had the season ticket was when we got thumped around to Norwich, um, five one. But to capitulate like that, I, I'll be honest. I, I've not seen anything like it. And um, I think, I think everyone's culpable. I think the players, the players are certainly culpable. But I think certainly the, you know, the manager, um, and you know the backroom staff have got to, I've got to take it on the chin as well because I thought there was some, some baffling the season, like you said. You know, I looked certainly in their midfield and all over the pitch. They had some really big, strong, strong lads, didn't they? Athletic lads. And I just thought leaving Son Davis and Allen in the middle against three days was suicide, to be honest. Um, and obviously, that you can't legislate for the mistakes that we made towards the end. But I just thought we made we made it worse for ourselves uh, going there. And I certainly think going forward now, we had such a really good start. I think Rafa's obviously built up. Um, quite a bit in the bank in terms of goodwill and I just feel like that's just been blown out the water now after yesterday and I think going forward you know if we can ship five on to Watford uh, with the games we've got coming up it, it could be worrying times to be honest lads Just shows you how easily a road it is doesn't it Matt? Definitely yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. and, and, and I was trying to think last night thinking you know what I, I, you don't want to go all in on Rafa here because obviously like, he's only been there five minutes and he's in, he's effectively inherited a squad he's had nothing to spend in the window um, you know he's had to basically try and work a bit of magic and bring in and arguably you can say uh, Gray and um, Townsend have been you know for, for the budget we had have been astute signings um, Rondon everyone knows my feel, feelings on Rondon obviously I went in on him big time against Norwich even though we won that game um, I could not believe what I was watching, watching a lad who's probably arguably worse than Strackwell Ersey, to be honest. At least Strackwell Ersey runs around a bit and puts defenders under and bullies him a little bit. He doesn't even do that. So the least said about him, the better. But it's, we've got to really be careful not to not to jump on Rafa as much as all, you know, the heightened emotions and everything else. Um, we are going to have to give him time. I know we've said that with umpteen managers recently and things like that, but 
we are going to have to give him time. You know, he, he has he has got really some key players out. You could arguably say out of all the players we've had out recently, DCL obviously has been a massive loss. Richarlison who came back briefly yesterday. I think Decore is the biggest one for me. Decore is the biggest one because, as I said to you boys, NFA, he's irreplaceable in that system. He's the only one that's got the legs to be able to play in a two with Allen and get up and down the pitch and affect the game. Uh, and obviously, he's a big lad. He's strong. He's aggressive. If you look at the ball retrieving stats, you know him, him, and him and Allen are right up there in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? And that's just the two of them in midfield putting out fires. So yesterday, the fact that he went Tom Davis as a direct replacement, it, it just baffled me that. It just baffled. Everybody knows. We, we, we all love Tom and that's to a point. But everybody knows you know, he's not a great tackler. He hasn't got the engine to get up and down because he's not that quick. And obviously the irony is he scored after two minutes. He found himself in the six-yard box. We're thinking, bloody hell, you know, fair play to the lad. But then after that, I mean, you know, that goal that, Everyone talks about the set pieces Pete mentioned there, which is absolutely horrendous. Um, we've conceded now, I think I'm right in saying, it's seven from set pieces this season. Under Ancelotti last season, we conceded nine all season. Nine. And we've conceded seven in, in, in what, nine, nine, ten games, you include the cup. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean that's, that's a frightening stat. You know, the fact that he's gone, you know, you mentioned before, Mike, about David Ancelotti, who obviously had a real impact on, on how we set up from set pieces. By all accounts, under Davi, we went part zonal, part man for man. So it was kind of a hybrid system, wasn't it? So you have, you know, people in zones and then people that attack the ball. And why has he changed it? Just, you know, because players are now trying to go back to zonal. And we all remember the Marco Silva days when we were zonal. You know, we were conceding goals for fun from set pieces. So, and if you're not going to have Yerry Mina in there, and obviously Dom, who were great, you know, great at being aggressive attacking the ball. Because if you are going zonal, you've got to re- you've got to be aggressive. You've got to. Re- I'm going to win this header and take a smash in the face if I have to. And yeah, you know, I feel for Godfrey, like Pete said, but you can clearly see now at centre off, he's not strong in the air, is he? You know, he got beat by Bonner last week for exactly the same type of corner. And if you look at it again, you know, both him and Keane are culpable for the first goal for the flick on. They both missed it, and then for the second one, he got beat in the air again. Now I understand in the zonal system, he's jumping from a standing jump. But you st- you've still got to be aggressive and try and win the ball. If you if you're not going to win it, at least put the fella off. You know, at least you know, have a bit of you know a bit of argy bargy with him or whatever. But that's soft. That's soft. But what led to that second goal that equalised? If you look at it, the defending lads, it was Tom. Tom shinned it, didn't he, in his own box? Shinned it in his own box. Went backwards. The, the defenders are panicking, and I think Michael Keane knocked it out for a corner. You're thinking, what's going on here? What's going on? This is this is almost this is this is like watching kids play football at the back. There's a couple of times that, that happened though as well. Obviously, I know that that occasion led to the second goal. There's a few times in the game where the ball's coming across the box and players are just swinging the leg and it's yeah. just hitting the shin. And it, listen, you, you can it can happen once, but you, it doesn't happen three or four times in the game. Stuff like that. That's that, that's really really poor, and that, and that shows a a lack of concentration for me. Um, and a, a total, I think the whole defensive display showed a total lack of discipline, especially from minute seventy-eight onwards. And and that was that was a huge issue yesterday in terms of concentration for me. What what it is, mate? You bang on. What it is, right? That, that those last ten minutes, there, boys, right? No matter how you dress it up, it's massively unprofessional. That it's massively unprofessional. You're 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 a, you're a professional footballer at the top of the game. You can't defend like that. I mean, you, you know, we've said it before. Watford got tonked five by Liverpool last week, and it could have been ten. Now, obviously, he's had another week with him. 
He's had another week to try and set him up. But then they come to Goodison and we score after two minutes. That's the worst thing that could have happened. Their heads must have been, oh, here we go. We could be another batter in here today. And yet we've somehow managed to concede five. And if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford, it could have been seven or eight. That's that. That's the worrying bit. Is you know you mentioned there, mate. I mean, Josh King missed, you know, arguably a sitter, didn't he? Uh, which Pickford saved with his legs, and that was just a, you know Luca Dean getting too tight to saw. Uh, you know, Luca Dean, you could have a whole podcast on him at the minute because I don't know what's happened to the lad because he's gone from being our, one of our top three players since he's come in the league for his consistency and his technique, and he just doesn't look at it at all. And I was trying to think what's happened to Luca Dean, and then I'm thinking, well, who's pushing Luca Dean for his place? Who's pushing him? He, he's probably sitting there thinking, you know what, no matter how I play this week, I'm playing next week. I'm playing because no one else is going to take I'm, We haven't got another left-back. OK, maybe Godfrey can be shoved out there, but you know we're short at centre-half, arguably then. So then you're thinking, well, I, I honestly don't know. But yeah, I mean, you know, take Yerry Mina out of that team, in that, especially in, you know, at centre-back there, where, obviously where he plays. But I mean, we look rudderless. We look absolutely rudderless. And, and it shows you more and more, give, give Yerry a new contract. Because, you know, there's worry that he might go on a free. And, and for me, I know he's at a precarious age or whatever, but we, we look completely different side uh, with Yerry in and out of the team, don't we? Yeah, massively so. You know, and we've said it, obviously, for the, the last couple of games that he's missed. You know, we I think if he, if he plays yesterday, we probably don't lose the game. To be perfectly honest, I don't think we can see from, from set pieces. I think what I said this on, I think it was last week's podcast. He's, what's interesting me about Yerry Mina? since obviously those first say, 18 months when he struggled massively in terms of more medium-term injuries is that he's become an organiser. And I think Michael Keane plays a lot better alongside Yerry Mina. Um, and he, he certainly he can certainly organise a back four because like, like yesterday there was no organisation whatsoever. But the concern over Yerry Mina is, and I think the, the, the talk from within the club is they, they were open to listening to offers in the summer for him. It's because of the situation surrounding them with injuries. I mean, you see him go away for Columbia and, and play three consecutive 90 minutes in about six or seven days, whatever it was. Comes back, makes the bench against West Ham when we really we couldn't need them, but he, he got back on it the Friday afternoon or something ridiculous. And then obviously he, he starts to say uh, this week and obviously has a bit of a bit of a niggle with his hamstring. And there's too many occasions for me where he's, he's out injured for, say, one or two games and that massively hinders ourselves. Now, you can look then, well, OK, if that's the case and he's got that injury record, why didn't we go out and get a centre-half? Why didn't we bring someone in? Because, especially, obviously, we know Ben Godfrey suffered over the summer. Um, Mina with his injury issues. Brantwaite's been injured and isn't ready for the first team. Uh, the manager doesn't like Mason Holgate, by all accounts. So we're, we're short, aren't we? We're short there now, for me. Um, and that situation has not been, has not been addressed. Um, so I think Mina is a, as much as I think he's been exceptional, and I think we massively miss him when he doesn't play. He's an issue, isn't he? Because of the fact that we don't get 35 games a season from him, and that's that, that's a massive concern. But as I say, if he plays yesterday, don't let me lose the game. It's it's, and I think I think he's he's been that good that we wouldn't concede those last four goals. I probably wouldn't concede the first goal, but he's just so so much better than anyone else. Uh, organising that back four because they looked absolutely shambolic, in my opinion. And well, you know, we talk, talk about the manager. Sorry, you talk about the manager, and you know, things being his fault and things were his fault yesterday. You said you mentioned things already, but I think when it got to 
to two all. I'm not quite sure that what the players were doing actually came down to him because they just lacked discipline. When out of position, we were talking about Ben Godfrey obviously diving in and you know players getting beaten too easily. There was a situation in the middle of middle of midfield uh, where both Allen and Tom Davis sort of backed out of tackles within about yeah, the a second. Yeah. What's that about? What's that about? That, that, that's unforgivable. Don't, don't be scared to get hurt. Don't be scared to get hurt. That, that, is, that is ridiculous. Put your foot in and try and win the ball because that, that is unforgivable in my opinion. If, you, if you're doing that and you're back out of tackles, that's unprofessional because both of them should have won the ball. No problem at all. They should have cleaned the man out. They should have won the ball and it stops any kind of attack. Um, that led but, to the fourth goal, Mike. That led to yeah, the fourth exactly. goal. That, that led to the fourth exactly. goal. That, that that passage of play led to the fourth goal. But that third one was crucial. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Pete was absolutely bang on there. I know Pete. You phoned me after the game, and um, literally, you know, the, if the manager, right, is like I said before, has got like more tactical now than all of us lot put together. How can he not see we were getting overrun in midfield there? How could he not see that? You know, literally, that this they're going to score if we're not if we don't shut this game down. You know, I said before about Ancelotti. So one thing Carlo always did, you know, typical Italian, if we went ahead in a tight game, then literally you'd just be like, right, sure, bring on another centre-off, bring on another midfielder, and we'll go, go on, try and, you know, get in shape and go break, break us down. And obviously it would be horrible to watch last 10 minutes because we'd just be basically just defending. But more often than not, we'd come away with the points. You could see that they were just walking through our midfield. It was just walking through and it was attack after attack after attack. And then he took... You know, all day he has to take Rondon off. He has to take him off. He has to. I mean, why he's persisted with him for ninety minutes? I don't know whether you boys have seen the stats. I was trying to figure out how many shots has he had on target. He's had one shot on target in five hundred and thirty-two minutes. One shot on target. I mean, that that's. Um, but you're playing centre forward. Yeah, and look, and I understand that. You know, everyone castigated me a little bit when I laid into him after Norwich saying, "Oh, he's not fit." You know, he. he but he's had. He's had what? How many 90 minutes has he had there? Then probably five games in a row now where he's played 90 minutes. Like Your fitness levels are going to be getting up and up and up and training in between with two weeks to train as well with the international break. And he, he still he still looks like he can't run. And he, he, I can't believe he didn't take him off. And obviously he said Gordon can't play 90 minutes. All right, OK, if that's true, then fair enough. Because like you said, Matt, Gordon was actually a threat, certainly in the first half. But he's got to take Rondon off and bring someone like Gabamin on there then. What's the point of having Gabamin on the bench? And not even bring him on to play three in midfield there and just try and, sh- you know, like Pete said, really just make it ugly and nullify the game. I, d- I don't understand why he, d- why he didn't do that. It was, it was just absolutely bizarre why he didn't do it. Plus, Gabamin, by the way, guess what? What is he, six foot three, six foot four? He's another lad in the box, who, you know, from set pieces who can win headers. So, I honestly, don't, I, I, I could not believe that he didn't do, he didn't do that. I, I don't know what you think, Mike, but I just think all day he had to go to three in midfield there, didn't he? I think I think I, I call for three in, in midfield from the start. And when, when I, I put out sort of the, the prediction for the start eleven, I thought let's let's pack the midfield, let's let's win the midfield battle because it's going to be extra difficult without uh, the Corey in there. So we've got to have bodies in there to, to nullify that. So I thought Davis have come in. I think Gabamon, you know, if he's fit, then you put him in. Even if he gets sort of 60, 65 minutes, put him in. You know what I mean? We can do that. You can even end up if you need to. Gabamon started the game. You can throw Holgate in there. You can throw Godfrey in there for the last sort of twenty minutes if needs be, just to make sure we've got bodies. Um, but at two-one, yeah, most definitely. You know, 
we were we were losing a midfield battle pretty much all game. It was shown by the build ups, obviously their fourth goal where Davis and Allen limited and not putting the foot in for for the uh, for the tackle as well. So you've got to you've got to look at the situation as 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 the manager and make the the, the relevant changes, you know. And then you could then have have Richarlison up front. You can have Towns and think either side or Gordon could could be either side. As I say, I think I think Gordon. Uh, acquitted himself well. I saw some absolute nonsense on Twitter last night sleeping at me going. Uh, I think it came from Wofford fans and Everton fans got hold of it. Say, you know, oh yeah, he's not he's not particularly good. Uh, you know, don't don't see how people thought he played particularly well. He was our best player. Let's just get it right. Even in the second half, he carried the ball well. He was looking to do things. He was lucky not to get a goal and a couple of block shots as well. You know, the the kid the kid was trying to make things happen. On a day that I thought probably Townsend and Gray weren't particularly effective or not you know, as they have been, and though Gray got an assist in the first half, I think someone said he was he's he's been unwell and he was gassing, hence why he came off. So that's a change that probably had to be made. I understand that, but the Gordon change, I just don't get it. You know, maybe that that was the time. Was it on about the hour mark? Wasn't it when the Charleston came on? He'd be pulling off, whether it be Rondon, whether it be you know Townsend, maybe, um, and then and bring Charleston on up front. But I don't get the the Gordon change, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm often not too pleased with the manager. He sort of come out after the game and and giving them down the banks a little bit, in my opinion. What what you should be doing, I think, is is protecting players after a game like that, especially and especially protect, protecting a young kid who's certainly in the manager's thoughts now. When we all thought he'd be going out on loan, um, that didn't happen by all accounts because the the Diaz deal didn't get over the line. So Anthony Gordon stayed. And I think, you know, we saw him against Manchester United. He did really, really well. did well yesterday. So he's, he's certainly now stepping up to the plate. And I wasn't too too pleased with sort of the words, the words post-match. And I think it shows you how how fine a balance this is, really, with, with Benitez, wasn't it? Because when he made the change and he took Anthony Gordon off, listen to the crowd reaction. The crowd were, were not happy and, and they made the feelings known. That was nothing to do with the Charleston coming on. The fans were calling for that. You know, that lifted the fans of anything when the Charleston came on. But I think the fans made it known that that was the the wrong the wrong substitute to make. Um, and that's that's the issue we've got with the current manager. I mean, we said it time and again that this kind of game where you throw away throw away a lead twice, concede four in, in 12, 13 minutes and then make a couple of, of questionable substitutions with with Rafael Benitez, that will tip some fans over the edge quite quite comfortably. Um, but people, what are you, what are your thoughts on the changes that he made yesterday? Because I'm not, I'm, I can't sit here and say we lost the game because of those changes, but he didn't appear the Gordon one especially didn't appear to be the right the right change or the right man going off for the for the man coming on, did it? Well, it's it's funny you say that because because you're know, being in the stadium. You know, I, I was amongst the fans that. that couldn't believe that was the change he was making. Where all I think everyone was expecting Rondon to come off and Richarlison for it to be a, a straight swap and for him to sort of lead the line. Um, I mean, Gordon made the first goal. I mean, before before we we scored early, he had a similar uh, drive up that left hand side, and like you say, he carried the ball well. He made it stick. He didn't give it away. He was positive. He was aggressive. He was brave. Yeah, everything you want from a midfielder, never mind a young player. And it's him that makes that drive up the left before Gray comes in and takes it over and puts the ball in for Davies. So, you know, and he continued to play, you know, like that throughout throughout the game, really. And he he was brave enough to come inside so that 
Greg, Greg could go on the um, on the overlap. Uh, you know, I thought he was really, really positive. But I felt like that the manager didn't quite react to things that happened in the game. And I know we said it after West Ham. You know, it, it, does he not trust some of the younger players? Is he trying to protect them maybe by not, you know, throwing them into difficult match situations? But when you look at the players that are left on the pitch and it's clear that it's not working or they're not quite performing, you know, why are we not reaching for, for the bench? You know, why, you know, why not put Mason Holgate into the middle if he doesn't want to bring Gabamin off for whatever reason? Why is Gabamin not coming off in, you know, in the first place? Why not put, uh, you know, put Dobbin up, up top after Rondon's done nothing all game? You know, there's almost like a reluctance to, to try and affect the game. And I think that's something that winds fans up. I think when you're in the stadium and it's almost like you can see it falling apart in front of your eyes, you can change something, do something, react, adjust. So what I hope is, you know, to be kind to the manager, that it's a sign of the squad that we've got with the injuries we have and the players out that we've got and the things that we need to address rather than, you know, this is a, a bad habit we might have to get used to. Um, I know Benitez has, has got a reputation for being a stubborn manager and I, I just hope this isn't a stubborn quality that we might have to endure where, you know, the, the game's going the wrong way and we know that he's not going to react. We know that he's not going to change anything. Um, but time will tell. He made He made one sub last week against West Ham. And he made two subs uh, yesterday against Watford, so that tells you that tells you all you need to know, isn't it? He's obviously he either doesn't trust the lads behind him to change the game, or or, or trust them even in terms of shutting out a game, or there's something going on because, you know, it was all day. We could all see that. I mean, um, you know, you just said there about the young Dobbin. Pete. We don't know much about the lad. We haven't seen much of him. He's been he's been hauled out the under twenty threes, so he's not playing for them to, to just to sit on our bench and do nothing. Yeah, you know I mean, just to sit on the bench and just literally do nothing. So, you know, I honestly don't know what he sees in Rondon. I know obviously he thinks he's my man. I've brought him in, and he's, you know, we all when we all basically reviewed him when we signed him, we looked at his goal scoring record in the Premier League and thought one in three. It's not bad, you know. He, he, you know, he'll bully defenders. He'll hold the ball up. Doesn't hold the ball up. Doesn't win a header. Doesn't run the channels. As we just said there, in terms of his, he's had one shot on target, so he doesn't carry a threat. You know, I noticed it a few weeks ago when 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 what's the Norwich game? You know, we were throwing crosses in for fun when we had Cavalier in there and, and Richarlison. I, I just we, we we know he's not going to win the header, so what's the point in throwing it in? Players are reluctant to throw crosses in. You know, we all know what Townsend's going to do now, don't we? When he gets the ball on the right side, he's going to check on his left foot and he's going to whip in a lovely ball like from the out, you know, from out to in. You know what he's going to do. So if I'm a centre forward or even a you know left sided. Uh, winger or midfield or whatever, I'm thinking, I know where this ball's going. So I'm, I'm going to make the run and try and get in front of my centre-half now because you know he's going to whip it in. And he doesn't even do that. It doesn't even seem to be up to, uh, up to speed with play. I think there was one ball, I think it was Coleman who brought it in that, put it in from the right side. And all day, Dom, Dom, Dominic smashes that header in or at least gets it on target. And he misses it because he doesn't attack it. And it hits Tom Davis behind him. He was not expecting it because he thinks, obviously, that, that, that Rondon's going to nut it. So, yeah, you know, we could we could blame a multitude of things there, but it is worrying Pete the stubbornness side there. I do agree with you there. The fact that he's not changed it again, 
Um, and, and that is that is massively worrying. But I just wanted to try and... I don't know whether there's a simple answer to this, but I wanted to see what your views were. We conceded three in nine minutes against Aston Villa. And that game was right on a precipice as well. And Villa weren't exactly great. I know they brought Bailey on and he changed the game. But you know, we conceded three in nine minutes. And then we conceded four yesterday in 11 minutes against what you'd say is two average teams, really, not two top sides. And then you're thinking, what is that? Is that is that fragility mentally? Is it lack of professionalism, like I said? What what is it? I mean, you know, Pete, you just mentioned before about the Man U game, you know, and I'm thinking I think we even said on the pod, you know, one thing under Rafa, to be fair, we're organized, we'll be hard to be. You know, I can see us being in, you know, being in every single game here. I can't see us getting tonked. You know, we're going to be in with it. You know, we're going to be in with a shout with every single game we play, and then this happens. So, what is that? Is that is is that is that fragility mentally? What what do you think? I don't know. Go on, Pete. Sorry, I was I was I saw, I saw you turn your mic off. I thought he's going to dive in here with a with some profound comments. But when I came away from the game yesterday, the the, the thing that really hit me is that I, I just think this is one of the worst squads. That, that we've had actually in a, in a long time. You know, players like Iwobi, Davies, Godfrey, I don't think they're good enough for the, the, the Premier League, or they've certainly not been playing like Premier League players. Now, I, I know Godfrey's a young player. I know he's got a great future. hope he can develop. But he's been really struggling. Iwobi, we know, we know there's a talent there, but he's not been reliable. He's not been consistent. Gabamon, for whatever reasons, not being able to get you know established in the team, he's barely played any football for us, and we just look we look threadbare, and I don't think we've got the personnel. I don't think we've got good enough players. I think we've got some outstanding players. We've, you know, we've got some top top players in our team, but I don't think we've got enough solid professionals. And I think if you think back to the Moyes era, it's not to romanticise it, but we had a core group of players who were you know, solid, reliable, dependable professionals. You knew what you were going to get out of them every week. You know, hard work, consistency, doing the basics right, a platform on which to try and build football. And, you know, for so long we were we were lacking a striker or, uh, you know, a couple of creative players. We're almost the opposite now. You know, we've got players like, you know, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, you know, Decore, you know, Luca Dean on his day. Um but around them, we don't seem to have the the sort of the solid base, the foundation, you know, the the, the leadership, the intelligence, the the professions, and the fight. And I, I think that's what makes defeats like yesterday so bitter. What do you think, Matt? Do you think that's the same as well? Do you think it's just uh, what what Pete just said there? Lack of professionalism, lack of what like heart, desire, whatever you want to call it. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, totally agree with what Pete said, and I think you've got to obviously you've got to factor in, haven't you, boys, in terms of where we're up to at the minute. We've more or less lost like the span of the team, haven't we? You know, with like obviously Yeri being out to Corre, Calvert Lewin, obviously Richarlison came back yesterday, but obviously he was a big miss. But to me, you know, I'm not saying I play footy to a, a great standard, but you know, a few of the lads were out. You roll your you roll your socks up and go. Well, do you know what? Yeah, there. I was. That might mean I, I might have to do a bit more today and, and get stuck in at least. Um, and I just, you know, especially when the the third one went in, I just looked around at at the players, and everyone's sort of head was down. There was no one like sort of trying to g each other up and rally rally each other and 
Um, obviously say, you know, there's, there's 10 minutes to go here, lads, you know, at least try and get something out of the game. You know, it, it just it just seems to go from bad to worse. It was like everyone had sort of down tools uh, and, and it was gone. You know, the game was gone. And you, say that that is the really worrying thing for me where, you know, we have seen it with the, there's still quite a few of the players who were there yesterday. They've down tools under a few different managers. Um, and they're still at the club, and I think like what we said before about obviously about Rafa. Um, I think everyone sort of knows he wasn't my, he wasn't my first choice um, by any means. Um, and to be honest, I'm probably still on the fence with him. But I think you've got to look at the moment in terms of what he's had to work with, um, what he was sort of given in the summer as well. Um, and I think again, you, you've probably got to look at the top. Again, you've got to look at the top of the club. Um, and look at terms of what sort of strategy we're going, especially with obviously the new stadium on the horizon, etc. Um, you know, I was at a, I was at a thing with Big Nev on Friday, and he was basically saying, "Well, I, I've got a feeling we're probably going to have to suck this up until we get into that new ground." Um, but when we're moving into that new ground, the, you know, they're not going to want it to be a white elephant. They're going to want it to, to put a decent team on the pitch to be able to fill that fill that stadium. Um, and I think maybe maybe that is that, that that's how we're going to go forward. But like you said, lads, to be honest, there was just there was just no excuse in that um, yesterday. Um, in terms of the, the the defending, you know, I've seen I've seen better at Sunday league level where you know trying to, at least trying to get tight to a man or you know tracking a runner. Um, and I'm certainly the last 10, 15 minutes we didn't see any of that. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, it's certainly something that we've. The right to question as fans, you know, we, we, we always, you know, when, when you look at performances like that and the way that it, it you know, it, it just, there was a total capitulation. We are right to question what has gone wrong in that situation. Is it down to attitude? Is it down to a lack of leaders? You know, is it, is it something really, really basic? Is there something wrong within, within the club? You, you know, you're going to ask these questions and they all obviously came, came out on, uh, on social media post-match yesterday. Um, but I don't think we've got the answers. Well, we haven't got the answers, have we? You know, we can discuss it for, and give our opinions. But the only ones you can answer the question are, are the players um, and obviously the manager. And hopefully when it comes to Wolves, which we'll discuss shortly, we, we see a reaction. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't want, don't want to hear from them until Monday. I don't, want to, I don't want to see nothing on social media. I don't want to see any daft videos or training videos and rally cries. Go about your business. Get, it, get your dressing down, see where you went wrong, sort out your issues that you might have, hopefully get a couple of players back in from the uh, from the off, and hopefully we see we see a reaction. Uh, but we're going to take a, take a quick break, and we're going to have a quick chat about the, the issues that we've got in central midfield, um, especially in the sort of the next six to eight weeks with the with the absence of, of uh, Adelaide Corey and where, where we're going to go with it. So we'll be back after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're going to discuss the the problems that we have in in central midfield. Um, we we knew obviously with the the absence of of the Corey that you know we, we would struggle in a sense, and that's why we set about maybe going with a, a midfield three uh, to try and combat that because there's no one who can replicate what that man does. He, he's had a fantastic start of the season. Um, he's he's doing a hell of a lot of work. Whether it be defensively or in the in the final third, we're seeing it pop up a lot more. Um, but obviously he's out now with this distress fracture for around about six to eight weeks or so. So we're, we're going to be missing him 
for a little while and, and in some re- real key games as well. Um, so the question is what we're what we're going to do in that time. I mean, P- um, Peter Needham on Twitter has said about you know if you think back to when we let Adisa Gay go as a defensive central midfielder, if you like, um, we haven't really replaced them, um, and basically it seems to get lost in the mix uh, in a rush to crucify the defence quite often. But the fact that we haven't got someone who can sit and do that kind of a juicy game, game job is, is potentially a big a big issue. Uh, but what, what are our thoughts, um, Lee, in terms of going forward now? Do we look to go to midfield three and, and look to bring in Gabamon to, you know, with Tom Davis and Alan? Obviously, Andre Gomez is, is struggling with a, the growing injury, um, or do we even look at maybe the a return to fitness of, of Tyler on Yango and getting him into the mix now, or maybe utilising him over the next few weeks? I think all. I think judging by that yesterday, and even even by the West Ham game, we have to go to a we have to go to a free. You know, everyone was asking why um, you know Decore didn't quite get to the levels uh, in the West Ham game, and we can all see why now. And he was obviously carrying that knock. Because um, he certainly he was he wasn't as box to box as he usually is. We, I mean, we made Declan Rice look like one of the best midfielders in the world in that game uh, against West Ham. He, he, you know, he had all the time in the world on the ball. He wasn't pressed. You know, uh, he was he was the one who was sitting deepest in that midfield. Um, it was the same when we played Leeds, wasn't it, last season? And we made um, he, he was there holding midfielder there, uh, plays for England. Forget his bloody name, Calvin Phillips. Uh, Calvin Phillips. We made Calvin Phillips look like Pirlo as well. You know what I mean? So. I think um, you know certainly sometimes you'd ask a forward, wouldn't you, to sit on a central, uh, you know, a defensive mid and just try and make sure they don't get the ball and stuff like that. But obviously, you know, as Pete said, like you know, Rondon's not going to do that. So for me, he has to look at that now and think he's going to have to change it. He's going to have to change it all day because um, we just get we like you said, Mike. You were at the game and you said you didn't even feel comfortable at any stage, did you? Really, even even at two one. I think at two one, I was then thinking. We need a third here. We need a third. If you get a third, I think it's finished. Because then at least then, you know, we've got that cushion. I think Michael Keane, to be fair, Luca Dean did have a bad game, but he put in three or four lovely balls from set pieces from the left-hand side. And Michael Keane had a free header at the back stick, and whether you boys remember it, that was at 2-1. And, and he should have buried it, really. Keane's really good in the air. He was free on his own at the back post, and he's misdirected it. He timed the header well. He just misdirected it, just, you know, half, half a yard wide of the post. He has to score that. But it's all obviously easy to say that now. Um, we still should have sorted it out at 2-1. But, yeah, I think, um, for me, he has to go three in midfield. He has to go three in midfield, 100%. You know, Gomez has had a lot of stick uh, since his injury from Everton fans. Um, but in those sort of games, one thing one thing Andre gives you, you say if you brought Andre on at 2-1 yesterday, you could get Tom just to, you know, stay disciplined, Tom. You sit, ne- you sit ne- next to, uh, to Alan here and just put out the fires. And one thing is we know with Gomez is that if you give him the ball, he's technically he's technically proficient off both feet, and more often than not he'll keep it. Ask him to tackle, ask him to you know to, to run around box to box. You're not going to get that from him. But what you will get is a lad who knows how to keep the ball. And I think the worrying thing is in those sort of games because we have been playing counter attack a lot and we've been conceding possession to teams. You know, in those sort of games in those you know last 10, 15, you just need to keep the ball. Just keep the ball, win free kicks, slow the game down, make it ugly. You know, don't give any momentum to that to, to the team, and that's the problem. You know, keeping the ball in those situations is everything. You know, you look at Man City and exactly with the biggest exponents of it. 
they kill out games by just keeping the ball all day, just knock it around, knock it around the back, knock it through midfield, get it back. You know, they do about 200 passes in the last 10 minutes. So for me, I mean, if you look at the quotes yesterday from, um, from Benitez, this is what he said on Decore. He said, I think that we didn't start well. We changed at half-time, the team improved. Still, we had chances and we concede. Decore is someone who has a lot of energy. How can we replace him? Well, with someone with the same passion and energy. Who's that? You've just mentioned Tyler Onyango there. I mean, I mean, look, the kid's obviously been well-rated, but I mean, he's been out for six months with a big injury. If you're gonna, you can't expect him to throw him in the Premier League game from playing under 23s or you know all his career pretty much, and expect him to be Abdoulaye like Decore, can you? So he has to change it for, to a three. He has to change it to a three. Now, if that three means Alan and um, Tom Davis almost sitting in a double. And then you have someone, you know, hopefully Gomez is back or whatever. You have someone sitting in front of them. Maybe, maybe that's the way it has to be. And then we have, you know, uh, Gray off the left, uh, Townsend off the right, and then uh, Richarlison through the middle. Because Richarlison showed yesterday, he scored after coming on for four minutes because his movement is just so much better than obviously the guy we've had up there already. You know, he, he scored He scored with basically practically his first touch. And to be fair, let's have it right, it was a great ball from Keane as well, wasn't it? It was a lovely pick out. So, for me, he has to go three in midfield against Wolves. Um, he has to, because otherwise the teams are just going to walk straight through us again. I think the one that, under the core, he pointed the manager's made there. That's for the manager, though, to, to sort that puzzle out. We, we know that you can't, you can't get someone in to replicate what the core does with the same kind of energy. Um, but you've got to solve the puzzle, and I'm yeah, okay. Well, we we haven't got anyone else at the club like that, as as you said, Lee. I mean, I from what I've seen of of uh, Tyler on Yango, he's he's a serious talent, but he's come back from a, a six month layoff, a really serious injury, and to throw him into a, a Premier League game is is just not. It shouldn't happen, you know. To say it's the same with Lewis Dobbin for me, you know, these younger players, it's great to have them in and around the squad, and I think I'd be taking, you know, Tyler on Yango. He's going to be. He's already been training with the first team squad during his comeback, and he was training with them this week. So I'd like to see him in and around the first team setup. And you know, when we've when yet again when they when they played on the bench yesterday with two goalkeepers, that's when you need to be utilising these younger players and giving them that experience. And if you need to call upon them, call upon them. Um, but the bigger question is out of out of our our senior central midfielders, if you like, Alan will start every game. We're going to go to the midfield three, or we should do, in my opinion. It's two of those, the other two. Another question is, and Matty, I'll come to you with this one, is would you consider now throwing in a, um, a now fit, it seems, Fabian Delph into the mix? Or am I living in cloud cuckoo land asking that question? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> To, to be honest, lads, the way things are going in terms of the injury, we, we might have no choice sooner than I had a later right wing to have to throw him in. Um, certainly wouldn't be my first choice, I've, I've got to be honest, lads. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree with everything said in terms of, you know, we can't sort of be left in a position like yesterday, can we, with uh, with Tom and Alan in midfield um, and just get overrun. So, I, I think certainly going forward, we've got to look at a three um, and whatever makeup that might be. I mean, Again, you know, Gabon's been here about two, three years now, maybe, um, and we still don't really know exactly how good he can be, or what you know what he can offer on a consistent run. Um, but I certainly think 
you know, with teams are going forward, just just this physicality and his presence has got to be um, a, a good option for us. With the core being out, even though, like we've said, there's no one at the club who can replicate what, what he does, um, and it's a massive, massive blow. Um, so I think probably the days you two, and then, you know, obviously, would Tom be the third one? Because um, I think, you know, I'm not saying he had the greatest game yesterday, but, you know, you look obviously the way he took the goal, you know, he was busy. Um, it's just at the minute. Say we we we're so we so sort of sparse and we're so light and obviously you know going back to the big the big question again is you know the think of the the money that's been spent over the last few years and obviously you know we do know the certain players out but you know I looked certainly that you know the West Ham game last week and I just look at the options that they had to bring on and you think you know this is West Ham this isn't you know your your cities or your Chelsea's or whatever it's West Ham um, and I looked at the options they had that they brought on for you know. Not not such a big outlay, um, and yeah, again, I, I think obviously questions questions need to be asked and questions will be asked about how we find ourselves in this position, injuries or not. It just shows how Decore is. Sorry, mate. It just shows how Decore is massively important. I think he is the most important cog in Benitez's system. The way he plays now. Before that game yesterday, nobody has covered more kilometers in the Premier League. He's covered just over 91 kilometres in the Premier League up until that game. If you look at his other stats, right, the Jules, Jules, in terms of Jules won, 43 Jules won in centre of the park. That's ranked number one in the Premier League, number one. In terms of possession won, 72, number one. Chances created, nine, that's number four. And then tackles won, he's 20, that's, that's second in the Premier League. And passing accuracy, 82.8%, number one in the Premier League. That's, that, that just tells you everything you need to know and how important Decore is in that system for Rafa Benitez. So really now, he's got to change it because you, you can't replace him. The lad's been outstanding. And of all the players we could have lost, he's probably, like I said before, he's probably the worst one we could have lost in that system. We could have lost in that system. So he, he, has, he has to change it. Cause I kind of feel for Alan because I think Alan's had a good start to the season as well. But the lad yesterday, he was trying to put out about 30 fires you know, at the same time. And he, he was struggling because we all know he hasn't got the legs to get around the pitch. So he needs someone next to him who can do that. You know, because technically he's a good footballer as well, isn't he? So we, we asked way too much of Alan yesterday. So those stats are absolutely damning, aren't they, in terms of Decore's absence? Oh, 100%. And that's where, for me, if you look at what we've got available outside of Decore and, and Alan, you then... You've got to ask a question about Gabamon and what, what Matty was saying there. Because Gabamon, for me, if you look at his, his physical attributes, I mean, he's bigger than, than Bacore by all accounts. What I saw a pre-season of Gabamon, he impressed me. I thought he carried the ball well. He's a big, strong unit. You said already, obviously, set pieces have been our, our Achilles heel. So whether it be attacking them or defending them, he's going to help in that situation. So if he's fit enough to, to make the bench... Surely, like we said already, he should have got some game time yesterday at 2-1. It would have been an ideal time to throw him on. Um, but Pete, what, what, what do you think about, about the Gabamon situation? Because I know he's had niggles over the last couple of weeks again, which we said you know, over pre-season, this is going to happen. He's come back from lengthy layoffs. He's going to have these kind of niggles. Um, then he had the issue of an abscess in the other week as well, which is just, you know, just his luck, unfortunately. But if he's fit and available, He's the kind of physical presence that you want to put in your centre midfield to, to give you some kind of 
uh, some more physicality in there alongside Alan, isn't he, really? Well, exactly. And how many times have we said it on, on the podcast? You mentioned it, Idris Gay. then. You know, Gabbanon was bought as his replacement. Wasn't mm. he the type of player who enjoys defending? You know, he's there primarily in the midfield to break up play, win the ball back, keep possession and get things going again. Um, so, you know, in theory, you should offer the... The, the perfect solution to, to to play alongside Alan, who you know does like to break up play, but he also likes to to get forward a little bit as well, doesn't he? And to carry the ball and be a little bit more involved. I mean, it's it's hard to know with Kabam, and like you say, if he's on the bench, presumably he's he's fit enough to come on and get some minutes. And I think that's the puzzle, like we were saying before. You go two one up with what was it, thirteen, fourteen minutes to go. Why is he not? You know at least warming up. I don't think I even saw him running up the touchline yesterday. Um, I mean, I know he's had a few niggles with injuries. I know there was also the, um, he was arrested, wasn't he, for for drink driving um, not too long ago. And, you know, you don't know whether that's sort of factoring into how he's, uh, how he's seen by the manager or how, you know, how he's seen by the club or whether that's affecting his playing time. Should it or shouldn't it? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but it, it just seems like a strange time for the club. Seems really odd, you know, to have a player like that um, that's that's not sort of featuring at all when, you know, it seems glaringly obvious that central midfield, especially without Decore, is um, a problem we really need to think about. And just going back to your, your original question to Matty, Fabian Delph is absolutely not the answer. <laughs> um, absolutely not. I, I would rather see Mason Holgate have another go in there. I, I really would. I, I, yeah, not the answer. I totally agree. I totally agree with that. But I, I know I'm on the Decore train here, right? But if you look at the stats as well here, he missed. When did he? When did he get injured last season? Was it February time when we went on that really bad run? He was out for about two or three months. When he it was about February, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's back end of the season, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so basically, Everton's games with Decore. 37 games, uh, our win percentage was 51%. We had nine games without him, that dropped to 22%. That just tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's more than halved when he didn't play. So that tells you he's, he's, he's irreplaceable in, 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 that, in that system. And that was obviously under a different manager as well, who asked him to probably be more defensive. But yeah, so in, in answer to Rafa's point, saying we need to find someone with the same passion and energy, I think the, the answer's been given to him after that game. And he's going to have to turn around and go, right, I'm going to have to change this. Because if we set up that way against Wolves, who've been you know, solid without being great this season, they've been solid. You know, they conceded a 95th minute uh, equaliser yesterday against Leeds. But if they'd have won that game, they'd have won, that would have been four on the spin. You know what I mean? So, you know, they, they, they've been playing pretty solid football, Leeds, without, uh, sorry, uh, Wolves, without, as I said, being fantastic. Um, so I know they had a couple of key injuries yesterday. We'll, we'll touch on that in a sec. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we go and set up, set up that way, exactly the same against um, against Wolves, I, I really fear fear for us because we've got a tough run of fixtures coming up now, haven't we? And um, you know, we've talked about Rafa, and we talked about how he's how he's won some goodwill over uh, from a lot of us. The, the the downside of this appointment is when it starts unraveling, and we said this would come at some point. We're going to start losing a few games. Is is, is 
everything gets magnified. Every decision he makes on the touchline, substitutions, tactical changes, everything gets magnified because it's Rafa Benitez. You know, if this was just if Rafa hadn't got the history that he had with obviously those across the road, then in that respect, we probably say we probably be saying, look, look, okay, you got it wrong yesterday in patches, but look, the lad's going to need two years and that. You won't get anywhere near that, will we? If we lose now, most of these games going into the derby, and we're in the bottom half going into the derby, can you imagine what it's going to be like? Mm. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't even think about it. What it's going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions, a lot, a lot of games, obviously, before that particular time, uh, but, but difficult games. Um, obviously, we're going, to, we're going to discuss Wolves in a, in a second, um, but just, just got something really quickly on on the, on Twitter there, Adam Leventhal, who you know writes for The Athletic. Uh, I saw, actually saw him just outside the ground, and he said it. Um, clearly, obviously, a great win for Watford amid the EFC doom and gloom. Roman was a great comedy timing from a home fan. He leaned over the edge of the press box and said to a local journalist, I hope you know how to spell shite. And that was that. So that was that that, that just about sums up sums up the goings on yesterday, doesn't it? But we'll it's a great great way to, to finish finish this section, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and we're gonna look ahead to, to Wolves after this year, Craig. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Safety podcast. Hopefully you've you've kept with us as we as we look to Unravel what happened at Goodson Park against Watford. Difficult for us to discuss. Difficult for yourselves to listen to. Um, not a great way to start your Sunday for ourselves. But listen, there we go. The show goes on, and the the, the show moves on to to Molyneux. Obviously, our, our next game, uh, Monday night football. Um, not again. You, when when you lose in the manner that we lost against Watford, you want to you want to get in there and you want to sign you know sort things out as quickly as you can and soon after as you can. And unfortunately for us, we've got to wait. Until the Monday night, um, like you said, Lee, you know, Wolves on a little bit of a, of a, of a run after a, a tricky start under the new manager. Yesterday, conceded a really, really late equaliser as well to, to leave United. So that will have stung, I'm sure, but not as much as it as it, it stung ourselves conceding four goals in twelve minutes. Uh, we discussed that already, obviously, but for me, I don't know about about you about yourselves, but for me, it's not so much about Wolves uh, on Monday. It's about us in terms of do we see a reaction from from our Everton side? You know, there's a there's a hope that obviously Richardson comes through this week unscathed after getting half hour under his belt yesterday. Uh, there's a hope that Yeah, Mina is is certainly back fit, and if he's fit, he starts. There's no question about that. And uh, whether whether he replaces Ben Godfrey or or Michael Keane is is up for discussion. Of course, um, I don't see obviously. Andre Gomez, there hasn't been much talk really about Andre Gomez. He might, he might be fit, he might not. He'll certainly add to the squad if, if he is. But we know we're going to be going into the game yet again without Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who, who suffered an injury setback, um, and also Abdullah Decore. So the, certainly two of our our main players are not going to be playing. But what what are your thoughts, Matty, on this in terms of going into the game? Like I said. I, this is very much about how Everton reacts. We saw a Watford side yesterday react to getting absolutely battered by Liverpool 5 0. As much as obviously they were against our, our circus defender, they still reacted and showed what, what you can do after a really, really poor performance. Um, but in my, in my opinion, the performance that we put in against Watford was a hell of a lot worse than what they did against Liverpool. The sheer fact that we, we weren't playing a top a top four side. We were playing a side who were 
you know, looking, you know, at, at, at the relegation places, really. So, do you expect to see a reaction? Do you think this side can react at Wolves? You'd, you'd hope so, Mike, wouldn't you? Um, I think, like you said before, mate, it's it's, it's on certain players who we know. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, when they go and get tough, the fan want them. Um, and, you know, sadly, there's still, there's still a few of them at the club. But I think anyone who's got any sort of, like, professional pride would, would be looking at that game. And obviously, you know, I'm sure the manager and the coaching staff will, will be identifying what Redmond going to game. And hopefully rectifying it for, for next week. Um, again, like you said before, mate, you know, you don't want the usual stuff to be coming out on Twitter or on the app or whatever saying, you know, oh, you know, we're going to do better, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Just do your talking on the pitch and, and people will be happy. Um, I just think, certainly like that, obviously the rest of the lads have said, in terms of the run of games we've got coming up, I think this is vital. Um, vital, we get, you know, we get a good result. Um, because you know you don't want to you don't want to be going into th- those sorts of games losing like three four games on the spin. Um, I just think they have they have picked up. It looks like obviously the new manager is starting to implement this sort of style on that team, um, and obviously they've started to get a few a few decent results. But I, I certainly think, like you said, hopefully the likes of, you know if Yeri's fit, um, and we get the Charleston from the start. If if people are on the game, we've got enough to beat them. Obviously, we went there and beat them last year. I know it's it, it's a slightly different sort of scenario, isn't it? Obviously, with no fans and stuff like that. But I think we we've got enough to go and beat them. Um, it's just hopefully the the, the players get that result out the system, have a good look in the mirror, um, and 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 put it hundred percent in um, next Monday. Um, I think you know we could probably have another podcast, couldn't we? To be honest, lads, about obviously the changes to the fixtures and. You know what it means to the travelling fans and stuff. I mean, personally, I just think it's it's been a shambles the way they keep changing the fixtures. I know the Chelsea one in a couple of weeks that that's been that's been changed twice now. Um, they still haven't got a date for the Leicester one. Um, you know, I was speaking to a few a few of my mates yesterday. Who, they come over from Hull for every home game. Um, there's a few obviously lads who come up from London as well, and you just think, you know, to for for these people to be waiting on like dates to be sorted still. Um, you know, but obviously the books, the book days off where the books accommodation, travel, whatever. I just think it's 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 awful. But again, you know, we all know the match going fan is, you know, it's lower than Ponscombe at the minute. So what can you do? We've got no more three o'clock Saturday games, have we now for the rest of the rest of this year? Uh yeah. looking at those at the fixed changes, which is absolutely pathetic, by the way. You know, we all know obviously the way the way television dictates fixtures and things like that, but that that's a really, really poor poor way of, of organising things in my opinion uh, but that's a discussion for another day but Pete what are your thoughts going into the game now um, you know this is probably as, as low as I've felt for a while after an Everton performance a lot of questions that obviously we've, we've asked today and we've decided to discuss and I, I was I mean I was absolutely livid I think Lee ran me four times last night I think I, I think I thought I can't discuss I had to, I had to give myself about two hours before I had to phone to him um, I thought I just can't I can't deal with it um, but as ever, you know the, the week will go on. We'll, we'll get closer to the game. We, we obviously will see who's who's back fit and available. Do you expect a reaction, or is your faith in in this side after the capitulation against Watford? Is it is it sort of dwindling a little bit? Well, I was about to say I think we're going to find out a lot about the, the manager and the players because. You know, what happened yesterday now puts an awful lot of pressure onto Rafa, arguably the the biggest amount of pressure he's 
he's had since taking the job because if we lose it, it's three defeats on the spin. You know, and where where do you go from there? Uh, like Lee said, especially with the fixture list that we we've got coming up. So first and foremost, it's must not lose. And the, the the negative blue in me says that that's probably that's probably the approach that Rafa's going to take to the game. I can see us going there, maybe packing the midfield and just looking to pick up a point, see if we can nick something on the, on the counter attack. Um, I think that's the approach he'll, he'll probably take. But I, I think we've got to get something out the game. We we have to um, because all of, we lose this, all of a sudden the the season and the fixture running we've got could become a, a very very nervy time. Um, and like the lads were saying, you know, if we come up to the Christmas period and we're what bottom half of the table, you know that that's not it's not a good place to be. It's basically season over, isn't it? And we've been there, you know, over the past five or six years, too many times to remember. We're almost having the podcast in January, looking to push the reset button and get to the end of the season so we can try and rebuild again. Um, so I think there's a lot of pressure on the players, and that they have to react. There has to be, there has to be an inquest in that dressing room into into what happened, and they have to respond. That we have to be better at set pieces because, you know, if you're Wolves, if you're any if you're any football team, you know exactly what you'd be saying in your in your team talk before you play Everton. We'll get something from corners if they go ahead. Don't worry because look at what happened against Villa. Look at what what happened against Watford. Just keep pressing, and they'll fold. We'll get something. And it's, I hate saying that out loud as, a, as an Evertonian, but it's almost like you can feel other teams now can smell blood. You know, we've lost a little bit of respect and we have to get it back. Um, so I think that the best thing that could happen is we go there, we keep a clean sheet and we, you know, we win one or two nil. But I think it'll have to be one one hell of a performance from the players that are out there because we're, we're missing some, some key personnel. And I think it's got to be a really tough game and a, a tough watch. Yeah. If, if if I'm Wolves, I'll be go. I'll be getting someone on long, on long throws anywhere in and around the box. You know anything like that? I think, like you say, people are so susceptible at set pieces now. It's it the way that that's turned on its head from last season is appalling for me because you're working with the same players. You know, there's no change in personnel in that sense. Um, and that that for me is something that that has got to be. Even if you spend all week shoring up set pieces, you'd be doing something right for me. And like I say, I don't want to hear about anything that happens in Spain. I don't want to hear from anyone. Even the manager's press conference on Friday can can be cancelled as far as I'm concerned. Just do it for the for the media. Don't just don't put it out there because people might think that you know that's a bit of an overreaction. And we're we're not we're we're not guilty of that in the past. But I think when you have that kind of that kind of defeat, you've seriously got to ask questions of yourself as a as a playing squad, as a as a, a coaching team. Everyone for me. Has got some kind of blame apportioned to them for that for that performance yesterday, whatever it might be on on whatever minute level. Some they've all they've all made mistakes there, um, and they've got they've got it just over a week to sort out. I wouldn't give them a day off either today. I'd have them back in, doing whatever you know. Even if it's just sitting down, make them watch the game the whole ninety minutes, and stop it at every every critical point. Stop it and talk about what's gone wrong there. What's what's in your thinking there? Why have you done that? You know, you've got to you've got to do some soul searching after a, def- a defeat like that. And maybe it's a bit of a watershed moment. Maybe it is. Maybe we'll see a, a difference ever in Everton that we'd seen in the earlier part of this season at Molyneux on Monday. But Lee, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think that we're going to see something different? Do you think that we we may change this midfield three on the on Monday night? 
only time will tell with that, isn't it? With, with, with the weather, the way he sees it and the personnel we have available, you know, I think we've made the point that certainly with Decore out now, we've, you know, we've all pretty much agreed we've got to go to a free in midfield. I'm just trying to have a think then, as you guys were talking, thinking what would that dressing room have been like after that game yesterday? You know, we've all played footy. You know, we've all, I've been in changing rooms where you've obviously, you know, you've had maybe minor collapses or whatever and things like that, you know, and everyone's pointing the finger. But you'd like to think there'd have been a lot of sort of venting yesterday rather than silence. You know what I mean? People calling each other out because sometimes you need that in a dressing room. You need people just to... I can imagine, for example, someone like Alan would be, would be, would be shouting his head off or something like that. Maybe Coleman, who was clearly having a bit with the fans yesterday, he was clearly absolutely fuming as well. So... You know, I'm, I'm hoping they've had it out. I'm hoping, you know, the managers know, and if you listen to the likes of Carragher's and your Gerrards and that, the managers know, you know, Rafa for never lo- really losing his head. He's quite a calm, calm guy. So I can't imagine him laying into players. So I, I, I'd like to think the players yesterday would have been, been been calling each other out on some of those goals. You know, because if you look at, you know, that, for example, that that goal with Josh King got his hat-trick there. I mean, all three of them went for the same ball, didn't they? It was Alan. Luca Dean and, and Godfrey all went for and, and none of them the lads ended up smashing it against one of their shins. It's fallen to Josh King. Michael Keane's playing everyone on side because he's basically in his own six yard box. And he's obviously, you know, he's took the mick out of him and put it in put it in the net. So I'd like to think there'd be a few home truths said. Sometimes changing rooms need that. They need the need that to you know just just to get get it out in the open and maybe address it next week. But going into the Wolves game, I said before, obviously, um, They'd won three on the spin and obviously nearly four on the spin up until yesterday. But I was just looking at the stats at some of their games. Um, they, they conceded 18 shots to Leeds yesterday. And they had four, uh, sorry, eight themselves. So obviously Leeds have had you know, more than double the shots. They beat, um, uh, they beat, who, who did they play before that? Let me just check here now. Sorry, hold up here. But yeah, they beat um, before that. They beat Villa 3-2, if you remember, in the derby match, wasn't it? And they scored, they scored yeah. two in the final few minutes there. And if you look at the, if you look in that, they had nine shots against Villa's 14. Nine shots against Villa's 14 in that as well. And if you look at that, they beat, they, they just about edged it past Newcastle. Again, similar, similar shots, eight shots to seven. They played against Southampton. So they won 1-0. Southampton had 18 shots to their five, and they won 1-0. So, I mean, that doesn't scare me as much then, even though they've won those games. You know, they've, they've, by the looks of it, looking at those, those statistics, they've obviously, like, you know, effectively won the game against the XG, haven't they? And they, you can only do that for so long. Um, they've clearly not, they've, they've not been scoring a lot of goals. They lost a few games at the start of the season, if we all remember, because effectively they couldn't score for Toffee, could they? I mean, Traore was, was blistering past players and then, you know, missing absolute sitters. So, um, I go into the game with a little bit less fear on the back of that because I do think Wolves can be got out this season. That they're not quite the, the really hard team to break down as they were um, under the previous regime. But I, I, I don't know. It just worries me. You know, seeing that yesterday, if we go with the same formation, it just worries me that they're just going, they're just going to steamroller us. Um, now, hopefully, that like you just said there before, hopefully Richardson will start through the middle, and hopefully Yerry Mina comes in at the back. My mentioned the spine before. Well, that's part of the spine repaired then, isn't it? In terms of obviously your first choice players. I don't want Rondon anywhere near that first team, anywhere near it. Um, if he has to come on for 10 minutes, then so be it. But I don't want him anywhere near that first team. So hopefully Richarlison is fit to start. Um, like Matthew said there, we had a good win there last year uh, in January. 
We played well in that game, if I remember rightly. And um, Awobi scored, didn't he, after a few minutes? Uh, we conceded to Ruben Neves, who always seems to score against us. And then uh, uh, Michael Keane popped in with a header, didn't he, uh, to make it 2-1. So we, we played well there last year. OK, look, we have to caveat it. There was no fans. But um, you'd like to think there'll be a reaction. There'll be a reaction. The sad thing is we've got to wait all the way until Monday to get it. But, um, you know, as Watford showed yesterday, they got tonked last week and clearly had a point to prove uh, this week, as, as did Josh King. And he came out in his interview and said that, didn't he? You know, uh, I didn't get a look in at Everton, so I, want, I, I wanted to show, show him what I was about today. And, you know, the stats with Josh King against those boys is, is shocking. He, he scored 15 goals or 15 goals slash assists in 11 games against us, um, which, is, which is unbelievable. He's a new Les Ferdinand. Um, but no, yeah, so for, for me, um, the fact that Wolves have, have, have been scraping through those games as opposed to, you know, demolishing teams gives me a little bit of hope, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if listen, you know, something that's hope, are you? You know, you've got to go into every game and think you can get something from it, um, even on the back of such a an embarrassing defeat, because basically that's exactly what it is. It doesn't, doesn't matter how you want to dress things up. It, I was embarrassed yesterday, um, and it, I mean, I, I always stay to the end. That's my personal choice. I don't, I don't, you know, I certainly don't sleep people who, who choose to leave because I, I totally understand it. You know, it was it was appalling. Um, but I, I chose to wait to the end. Um, but one thing, one thing that I, that I can't stand, by the way, and I'm going to have, have to say this because it winds me up, is as much as people might not like or think Rondon is is is, is the right man or any good or whatever it might be. We've all got our own opinions on that. I still don't like the fact that people chose that. And when he put a tackle in, they were calling for him to be sent off. Everton fans ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. By the way, um, and also when when the game was over. As he was about to go down the tunnel, the booze got ramped up, and it's just like he knows he's not stupid. He he, he feels the frustration. He was booting the, the the post behind the goal in the first half because he was getting he was getting stick. He knows all this. He doesn't need us to tell us uh, to tell him sorry that things aren't working out. And you know he you know since he's since he's come to the club, he certainly hasn't hit the ground running. And that's what I don't like. I don't like the it's turning on individual players as a collective. Totally right. People can boo as a collective. It was appalling. The players need to know, as, as a unit and a manager needs to know, that that is not good enough. That should not happen at our football club. And we won't accept it. But then when you want to single players out for me, that is wrong. Because they're all part of the same team. It wasn't just a poor Salomon Rondon yesterday that was the reason for our defeat. It was a poor back four. It was uh, central midfield. We were poor. You know, Gray and Townsend were at it. You know what I mean? There was there was a lot of reasons as to why we lost that game yesterday. So don't single out one man just because you don't particularly think it's worked out his transfer. You know, um, so that's my that's what I'll say on that. And people can agree or disagree, and people are, are right to make their own decisions when you when you pay to go to the game, of course. But have a little think about that before you you start to to just kick off on on one particular player. It's not particularly on for me, but let's see. You know, if, if he starts against Wolves, then. He starts against Wolves. You know, we, we, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, as I said, Richardson's fit. He, he's certainly a, a massive threat to, to any defence. And we'll certainly lift that team as well if, he start, if, he's, if he's in from the off. But let's have our predictions, Matty. Give us your prediction for, for the Wolves game. Going to be optimistic, boys. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win. 
Um, clean sheets, finally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, fancy Richie's to get the winner. Pete? I'm still sulking. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Lee? Uh, I, I'm honestly lost. I, don't, I haven't got a clue what, what Everton's going to turn up. Um, I'm going to say the same as Pete. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Stop, stop, one, stop one. the blood fl- flowing out the, out the wound. and We'll take a point right now, won't we? We'll take a point. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna complete that and complete that hat if say one all as well. I think if we get a point just to sort of slow things down a touch and give us a little bit a little bit back, you know. But more importantly, what I wanna see is I wanna see an improved performance. I wanna see players switched on. I wanna see players that care. I wanna see players that wanna put the foot in and, and, and do something for this club. I don't wanna see people bottling out of tackles. I don't wanna see lack of leaders, you know, I wanna see Yagamina back on the pitch. And and hopefully then it, it gives us a, a decent chance to get something from the game. Um, but that's us for this week. Uh, a bit of a lengthy show, but listen, that to be done. That to be done. It's uh, one of those. I say, if you stuck you stuck with us to the end. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, go and get go and have a cup of tea now and, and calm yourself down after reliving all that that nightmare from from the uh, the Watford game. But let's hope, fingers crossed, we can go to Molyneux and and certainly have and have an improved performance. And we'll catch up with yourselves next week. So we'll speak to you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.